Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey y'all, welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm Patty Holiday, your head fangirl in charge, and this is the Monday Movie Minute for August 19th. Every Monday, we talk about the movies that came out. Uh, what we saw last week, sometimes it's on my couch, sometimes it's in the theater. Uh, this week is no different. It's a little combo of the two. And uh, just like to recap what is out there and what we're watching. This week, we are talking about High School Musical, Blinded by the Light, and Good Boys. But first, we're also going to go over the box office. Now, Good Boys came in at $21 million. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Fast and Furious Presents, Hobbs and Shaw was number two. The Lion King is at number three. Angry Birds movie is at number four. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, number five. Uh, number six was 47 Meters Down Uncaged, which I will never, ever, ever, ever review because I will never, ever, ever go see. I don't do sharks, y'all. Sorry, it's a hard pass for me. Uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold is at number seven. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is still hanging in there at number eight. And Blinded by the Light is at number nine. And number 10 is Art of Racing in the Rain. Interesting. It's very interesting. There's, you know, a couple of new movies that are a lot lower down. Uh, Lion King is still hanging in there, which some of us didn't really like it on the first view. And so I'm wondering if some of us don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> apparently, because I, this has to be some some families are going back to see this a second time at this point. I can't help but think that. But I don't know. I could be wrong. It could still be those first time watchers. But that's it's sitting at number three, uh, rolling into the second half of August. That's I don't know. That's pretty good. Pretty good, Lion King. All right. So this weekend, I guess the theme was kids, teens dealing with growing up. I guess that was my theme because I ended up seeing three movies that kind of talk about <laughs> those things on different levels and in very different ways, very different ways. And I kind of hate myself for admitting this, but I like them all. Yeah, even Good Boys with all those sixth graders running around swearing like drunken frat boys. On a level, I liked it. I'll, I'll, I'll go into it. I'll go into my feelings about it because this one's super complicated for me. I have uh, feelings and thoughts on what happened in this movie. You know, I, as I've said before, when, I, when I'm a critic and when it comes down to uh, rating these movies, I always say, well, did it entertain me? And the bottom line is, it entertained me. I laughed. I laughed a lot. Ugh, I'm cringing to admit that, but I laughed a lot, guys. I laughed a lot. And it was a, a total shock to me because going in, I expected to hate every single second of this movie. And that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So, all right, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get to that one. We're gonna get to that one. But if you listened to the podcast last week, you know I'm totally down with the 90s reboots and whatnot. And uh, see the BH90210 episode as a perfect example. I'm totally in for this, totally down for this. If you, I just want to throw this out there. If you guys tried to watch the pilot and just it, it didn't do it for you, Please, 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 please listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast, and then watch the pilot and watch the first that the, the real first uh, first episode and see what you think. 
by and large, I think once people kind of lived with it a little bit, they liked that second show a lot more than they liked the pilot if they if they hadn't already bought into the pilot. So give it another try. If you're a 90210 fan, fangirl, fanboy, our friends are back. It's kind of fun. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really liking it. Uh, so in that vein of that, I, I pulled up High School Musical on demand on my TV this weekend to watch. This is one of my favorite Disney Channel vehicles. And it's been a while since I watched it. And because I generally wondered if it was as good as I remembered. You know, I'm turning all critical about things, right? And sometimes I want to go back and revisit things that I was like, oh, I love that so much. But with a different lens, with a different view and say, did I really love it? Or was I just simply entertained by it? Like, you know, let's, let's kind of look at this a little bit more critically. So uh, my daughters and I sat down to watch High School Musical again, and I, you know, really wanted to verify (laughs) if what I know in my heart is true, and that's that Zac Efron really is as talented as I've been giving him credit for, even way back then, right? Um, So I wanted to see it again. Plus D23 Expo is happening this weekend. Guys, it's happening this weekend. I leave on Thursday. I am unprepared, but I am so excited. This was <laughs> this was me trying to get a little bit prepared because there is going to be a high school musical, the musical panel. And it is part, if you don't know about this, this is part of a reboot of high school musical uh, that's going to be on Disney Plus. So, you know, multiple reasons I had to sit down and just give this one a second go. Plus, my husband was out of town, so I knew I could sing and dance with my daughters without any eye rolls or judgments. He thinks, I don't know, he thinks I'm way too old (laughs) in my 40s to be singing and dancing with, we're all in this together. Look, I am never going to be too old for that. And uh, that is the woman he married. Lucky him. Anyway, so that's what we did. We watched High School Musicals. If you've never seen the show, which shockingly, a lot of my Facebook friends came out and said they had not seen it. Why are we even friends, guys? Why are we even friends? The storyline is is basically, you know, two kids meet. It's the jock, the nerd. Uh, They fall in love over there trying something new, high school musical auditions. This, of course, is shocking to their cliques, right, in school threatens the social order of the school. It causes friendships to strain and all the drama you could want. It's amazing. Uh, it has singing. It has dancing. It has Zac Efron. I mean, <laughs> this is this is basically the kind of show that I could watch 24-7. All right. So to answer the question, is it still that good? Yes, absolutely. And Efron is absolutely talented and was even so back then, uh, this was the first thing that I had ever seen him in, and I'm sure anybody had seen him in, really. And I just remember the first time I watched it going, who is this kid? This kid is amazing. This kid, he's a good actor. Like, I, it was, I was even there more for the acting than anything else. So I stand by that assessment. And look, I know that he didn't do the vocals. Apparently, he couldn't hit the notes needed, so they dubbed in uh, a different actor's uh, voice for the songs. But here's the thing. I think that... That, that made this performance even more notable because I really watched it this time knowing that information going in. I couldn't tell when he was or wasn't lip syncing. I mean, they, they matched it up pretty dang good or he did a really great job going along with, uh, with the music as, it was, as, as they were taping, as they were filming this. Without the internet telling me that it wasn't him, 
I would have never known. I would have never known. So to me, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, but that proves he's a pretty dang good actor. <laughs> One of his many talents is he can lip sync like a champ, all right? But even more than the acting and the singing, uh, you know, I, I, I fell in love again with the story and the message that, that this tells for kids. And how, you know, my, my youngest daughter was sitting next to me. She's eight years old and she was reacting to it all. She's a little on the dramatic side herself. Uh, so it should be no surprise. But she was standing up on the couch looking at me saying, Zeke should bake. He should totally keep baking. Does he bake in the next movie? Why are his friends mad at him for baking? That's just wrong. Like, spoiler alert. Uh, he does keep baking. Uh, but that was her point, was that she caught on very quickly that whole status quo song uh, that she she just thought, why are they, why, why can't their friends be their friends? Why can't you like what you like? And I was like, hey, girl, does that sound familiar? It's like, I don't know, maybe a fangirl podcast motto or something. But it's true, right? We should all be able to like what we like and embrace uh, what we like to do as human beings in this world, no matter what age you are. And that's even more important when you're in middle school, when you're in high school, and you're just trying to figure out what it is you do like, right? So, you know, of course, you know, take care of your friends. Um, that's that is important. I, I don't under I don't. I'm not saying it's not, but you also really need to know what you want and what your feelings, your choices. You know, those things matter. They do matter. You can't just live for other people all the time. And I feel like that's you know one of the messages this movie shares to kids. And, you know, hey, it's a good reminder for adults as well. There is some slight dating uh, to the movie. This was released in 2006. So, like, Ashton Kutcher gets a shout out for Punked. And uh, the cell phones that they show are kind of hilarious. That Everyone did have cell phones back then and everybody was texting and, and, and whatever. But um, a very big variety of what kind of cell phones were cool and hip. Uh, <laughs> but I think the social status of, of high school is something we've been dealing with, what, for forever so it still sits and it's still a current uh, movie that I think you and your teens could sit down and watch today and still enjoy. Or your preteens probably would be a little bit more open to watching this movie. As a parental review, I, I felt like it was totally okay for kids of all ages. There's no language. There's no sex. There's nothing um, concerning, you know, looking back here 13 years later. I, I think Disney Channel did a nice job on this one. Again, one of my favorites. Uh, so I, I admit I'm a little biased there, but I did go into this one really trying to look and, and pull things apart. And I just, nothing stood out as super concerning to me. Will it tie in directly? And if so, how to High School Musical, the musical on Disney Plus? Well, Guys, I'll let you know on Friday. <laughs> That's when the panel is, and I'm going to be there, and I will definitely report back for all of my fellow High School Musical fans. All right, so another movie that I saw, this one I saw in the theater, and this was Blinded by the Light. Uh, this was the movie I was most interested in this weekend, and, you know, I, I have looked at, like, Rotten Tomatoes. I have looked at um, all of the, the reviews that are out there. And overall, audiences as well as critics pretty much loved this movie. Ah, I thought it was just okay. I I just thought it was okay. Um, I'm conflicted a, a lot on this movie in particular. Uh, first off, I loved Yesterday. I loved Rocket Man. When I saw that we were getting a Bruce Springsteen-inspired movie this summer, I thought, hey, this is perfect. This is like the summer of those kinds of movies. I'm so I'm totally down for this. So I, w I went in. 
and I was excited about it. In general, this movie is based on uh, a British teen of Pakistani heritage who finds his way through young adulthood. He's got an overbearing father um, that he has to deal with and and is a, a big influence on his life. And he finds his way through his family um, and how to deal with his family through the music of Bruce Springsteen. They are a totally working class family. And of course, Bruce's lyrics translate and speak to his very soul. My issue, my issue with the movie basically comes down to the fact that the best parts you've already seen in the trailer. If you saw the trailer and got hyped about this, that that those are the highlights <laughs> those are the highlights um the trailer was awesome and and it nailed it and it totally did its job it got me into the theater uh the teases we get are developed well a- into beautiful pivotal moments in the movie but you saw like the big ah moments um i felt for the most part right there in the trailer the first third of this movie was really slow a lot of kind of dead space. They took a lot of time in developing how miserable this kid's life is, kind of. They did it in a fair way. I don't feel like it was, uh, I don't feel like it was two-dimensional. I felt like it was, we understood why, we understood, but we've seen this story before, you know, when a kid is coming from multi-heritage position and he's dealing with old world father and parents and, but yet he's very modern and very, you know, in, in the current location and and how that conflicts and so we've seen this before and I don't feel like we got really anything super new there so maybe that's why I felt like it was slow but it was it was it was pretty slow and, and kind of boring uh I liked the kid I really did and I wanted something to happen and something to change for him because he was frankly kind of depressing me uh and and of course that's what the movie was about like I knew it was coming right so I just wanted to get along with it okay so when the Bruce Springsteen songs start, when Bruce steps in, things do get better. And then they slow down again. And then another big moment. And then they slow down again. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those movies for me. Now, in the end, in the end, I will, I will say that uh, the payoff was there. The payoff was there. I'm not sure it was a big enough payoff for almost two hours of, you know, eh, meh kind of, kind of show. But... I was emotional. I had tears with the final conclusion and with how things wrapped up. It, it definitely got me there in the end. And there were some moments throughout the movie that I could feel it. And and, and I will say it was the Bruce Springsteen song moments. Um, when he first listens to him, it's in the middle of this big storm that's going on. And it's incredibly powerful. I loved the way they did this visually. I loved the way they did this musically. The acting was fantastic. Everything about that moment was huge and it was big and it was great. And it was great. If you need a good family movie uh, to watch or, 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 then this, this might be a good option for you. In fact, I, I can't say not to go see it. I'm not telling anybody not to go see it. I'm just saying maybe lower your expectations a little bit and you might come out more pleasantly surprised. I think my expectations were a lot higher, and um, and it, it just didn't meet it. But uh, but there were some some great moments in this movie. Visually, <laughs> I loved seeing the '80s again, even though I I re- really weep at our '80s fashion choices. <laughs> did we did we really wear parachute pants and Michael Jackson Thriller jackets? Oh oh yes yes we did. Like. We actually wore those out in public, or at least those of us who had parents who were cool enough to buy them did. Uh, 
mine were not, so I did not own any any items of clothing uh, such as that. But I but I wished I did. I wished I did. And then when I see this. <laughs> When I see the flock of seagulls hair and all of those outfits, the, these big throwbacks, I'm like shaking my head going, what? What were we thinking? What were we thinking, people? Uh, so, oh, this was set in 1987. I'm not sure if I said that. So this was set in 1987, you know, like height of 80s-ness, okay? If you love and connect to Bruce Springsteen, then you definitely, absolutely, like there's no question, go and see this movie. Go see it in a Dolby theater for the music. The way the lyrics are built into the storytelling is exceptional. And I, I, I don't know, I guess I, I wanted a little bit more of that. Um, you know, it was kind of funny, even at one point when he meets somebody who, who passes him off some tapes and um, says, listen to these, guard them with your life. You know, they're Bruce Springsteen tapes. He still takes a really, really long time, it feels like, to actually listen <laughs> to these tapes. And, and it had already been developed that he was into music and that that was his thing and that he liked to write poetry and that he liked to write song lyrics. So I kept going like, dude, you've got Bruce in your hands. Like, why aren't you listening? And it just took a long time for him to listen to it. So that kind of drove me a little bit nuts. But anyway, point being, he finally does get there. He does. He does get there. Uh, from a parental movie review, there's really no sex in this one. There's some kissing and some light making out, um, but you know nothing, nothing crazier that you need to shield kids' eyes from uh, on any level. Really, here there was some language. I didn't catch a whole lot, but there was some language. And there was definitely some racial slurs going on. That's really where the concentration would be if you had concerns about your kids watching this. There's a lot of focus on what this Muslim Pakistani community is dealing with in 1987 Luton, England. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. Keep that in mind. It, it might be a, a good, I don't know, history lesson reminder. It definitely shows things in a very ugly way. So I don't I, I don't want to tell you to shield your kids from that. Just be prepared that it is there, okay? No drinking or smoking other than I think some parents had some wine at dinner. But, you know, on those scales, I'd say it's, it's okay for, for most teens and even tweens. But, but it, it was just kind of boring, guys. I mean, if you have kids that are interested in this, I don't think it's, I don't think there's anything in the film to keep them out of it. But, I'm not sure they'll they'll come out of this movie totally loving it either, uh, just because there were so many so many slow slow parts, at least for me. Uh, so keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. It, maybe not take kids unless they're they're down with it or they're asking to go see it. I guess is probably my recommendation there. Uh, all right, all right. So now, oh boy. Okay, so now we're going to talk about Good Boys. I saw this trailer at the beginning of the summer, and I was so angry, y'all. I was. Like, I was judging parents for letting these kid actors do this crap. I was judging the fact that this movie was being made. I was judging you, Seth Rogen, as I guess that's what I do at times. I was mad. I couldn't believe that this was happening, and it just really annoyed me. It really annoyed me. On many levels, I still feel that way, okay? That, on some things, that hasn't changed. I'm still kind of side-eyeing these moms and dads who are okay with their young kids participating in this kind of super adult humor. One of the marketing jokes is they can't see this movie, but you can. 
And it's like, yes, exactly, exactly. But you're letting your kids say and do these things. You're letting them perform like this. Like, parents, what is wrong with you? Guys, I know, I know. They're actors. Uh, They're getting paid. It's a job. It's their job. Uh, Like, I totally get that. I really do. But still, but still, my mom hat, my my judgy, judgy mom hat was on when I walked into this movie theater. But that was also why I wanted to go see it. I wanted to give it a fair shake and see what it had to say outside of the salty language that I knew that was coming. So what is Good Boys about? What is, there is a plot, there is a story, and guys, it's surprisingly sweet, which is why I'm so conflicted on this movie. Okay, so it's uh, three sixth grade boys. They've been BFF since kindergarten, and they actually kind of make a, a big thing about that, that everybody knows you meet your best friend in kindergarten kind of thing, which, of course, all the adults in the theater are like going, nope, <laughs> nope. Dude, I didn't meet my best friend until I was like, I don't know, 35? I mean, it's it's crazy. But um, yeah, they they need to learn more about kissing because they're going to a kissing party. It's their first big, you know, social event. And uh, through a series of events, it, this has them skipping school. They're being chased by some teen or teenagers because the little kids took their drugs. Yes, the kids end up buying drugs. Uh, there's some encounters with the cops. And then, of course, they finally end up going to this party. Now, is the intent of this movie for kids? Oh my gosh, I hope not. I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure it isn't. What it feels like is that it's really there for nostalgia and to make us adults reflect on what it was like during those years when we crossed from pure childhood to between the teendom years, right? Now, the movie is funny. Laugh out loud funny. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I did. I... I laughed a lot, guys. I laughed a lot. My whole theater at 11 o'clock in the morning laughed a lot. I am sure a Friday evening crowd was rolling in the aisles with with, with laughter because the, what, what made this work were the, these kids and these situations were so ridiculous and so obscene, but it was their absolute childlike reaction and response to those ridiculous moments that got the laughter, okay? Uh, you know, on that level... It, it was there, but we still had kids of this age doing some really gross and inappropriate things, guys. Inappropriate things. It super bothers me that as a rational 40-something-year-old woman, I was allowing myself to be entertained by something that's ultimately kind of disturbing. <laughs> you know, watching these teen kids play with sex toys, um, they call them weapons. They think they're weapons, you know, that they found in the back of their parents' closet. They keep calling <laughs> this one doll a CPR dummy. It's no CPR dummy, y'all. Uh, they sip on beer. They buy drugs, even though they clearly know it's wrong. They say it's wrong. Like, there's this, all these discussions about how wrong all this stuff is. So it's not that the kids don't know or that they're just swept up in things. Like, that's they're they're at that moment where they are legitimately making choices to cross lines in life. And I and I know I know that's part of growing up, right? I know this happens. Now I, I didn't feel nostalgia for this because it didn't happen that way for me until at least like, I don't know, eleventh grade guys. And I wasn't super sheltered. I just I know for a fact I was not having these discussions in sixth grade. And if That's what sixth grade is going on right now. Man, we got to talk world because this is a hard no. And I think that's also what it comes down to with this movie, why I'm still 
I'm still mad that it was even made was because I feel like it's perpetuating. Like, I, like I'd be more accepting of this if this was a whole discussion and a whole riff on things in more of a high school, older age group. But we're pushing these kids at sixth grade, you know, into these situations. And it just, it did not sit right with me, guys. And I, and I really hope this isn't, I really hope this isn't what sixth grade is like. Okay, so that's what my biggest issue of the story was. I think if you stripped out a lot of the nonsense that was in there for laughs. So if you took out a ton of the language, if you took out the sex toys, um, the sex references, uh, the kids watching porn. I'm not kidding. They they watch porn at one point. You could absolutely still get a funny, sweet, nostalgic story that would appeal to a wider audience. And I guess that's what I want. I know this is like Seth Rogen's shtick, and I know this is his thing, and I know this is where he lives mentally, but part of me wishes... I, I believe in his brilliance. I think he's a fantastic writer. I think, I think he's hilarious, but I almost wish that he could challenge himself just a little bit to, to tone it down, to take some of these things out and uh, just not be so crass all the time, especially when you are writing with the idea that you're going to put these 11, 12-year-old kids on screen and you're going to ask them to do these things, like take a little responsibility. Ah, all right. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm just ranting and raving and I probably chill out on that because in the end, I like I said, I had admitted I... I laughed. It's it's not a terrible plot either. The, that's the thing is like the story that they tell and that the the underlying underneath all of the literal crap that you are hearing and you're seeing and you're being exposed to is a really sweet sweet story and a good one and something that does appeal and that I really did like. Uh, the actors are fantastic with what they're working with. I will give them massive props. They did a great job with this movie. There's a lot of talent in this movie. You know, I just uh, I just wish, I wish so many things in life, and this is one of them, that I wish things could have been a little bit different for this movie. Now, for parent review, I cannot say that anyone <laughs> needs to see this movie. Like, even you adults, you don't need to see this movie because <laughs> there's a lot of ridiculous in it. But you definitely, definitely cannot let your kids of any age see it. I just think it's a wildly inappropriate uh, 17 and up, guys, 17 and up. Uh, for example, I counted over 50 uses of the F word. Over 50. 50. That's five and a zero. I can't. I mean, sh this is like equivalent to shaft, guys. Like, <laughs> Think about that. These little kids are saying it as much as Samuel Jackson. Are we okay with this? <laughs> All right. Anyway, maybe some 11-year-olds talk like this, but no, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh all right, so that's it. That's it. That's the Monday Movie Minute this week. A little rant there at the end. There are going to be a new podcast episode, and it comes out on Thursday. That also kicks off the D23 Expo craziness, which will be my life for the next week. And we're that episode that we're starting with is actually going to talk about cosplaying and Disney bounding, which totally fits in for the theme of my week, as I'm doing a little bit of both. If you want to follow on Instagram for stories and Twitter for all the details, because I love Twitter, and that's usually where I like rapid fire send out all the immediate details that are going on, then that's what you want to follow. And both of those handles are at no guilt life. And I will share all those fun things that I can right there on those two social media channels of choice. However, 
every night I am going to pull together a podcast episode. So you're going to see a bunch of notifications coming across your screen that there's something new from D23 Expo over the course of the weekend. So just heads up, those are probably not going to be super edited. They're probably not going to be really fantastic. They're probably going to be a lot of me going, ah, because this is my fangirl Super Bowl. (laughs) And I love everything about D23 Expo. So as much as I try to like be all calm, cool, collected and and tone it down and be journalistically appropriate, I, I cannot promise you anything when it comes to D23 Expo because I really love it. I love it. Uh, oh, hashtags. Follow on uh, hashtag D23 Expo and hashtag no guilt fangirl. Those two will find me and I will bring you a lot of news this weekend. All right. Don't forget to subscribe, especially if you don't want to miss anything this weekend. Throw up those five-star reviews. It helps other fangirls find the show, and it is always, always, always appreciated by yours truly. Thanks for fangirling with me on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast. Hope you'll be back to fangirl with me again real soon.